Hello and welcome to Folklore of the Universe, the podcast guaranteed to have words in it. I'm your host, Kyle. This is episode 14. This should be the last of the short episodes. After this, I should be going back to the normal regular length ones. Unless people like the shorter ones, if, if you like them, they can stick with them. Otherwise, I can go back. It's either way, whichever works. I've still been very, very busy. My god, it's been a lot. I've just moved into a new apartment, which is pretty nice. If the audio sounds any better, that's why. Uh, if it sounds worse, that's also why. I don't know if it's going to change at all, but that's that. But yeah, next episode should be much, much freer, and it'll be all, all good. All perf. Alright, let's get started on the actual episode. We've got some folklore for you today, like we have every day. And this episode, I've got a Russian folk story for you. But first, our Monster of the Week. This episode's Monster of the Week is the Cornish Knocker. So, let's get started with that. Cornwall is a region of Great Britain that's in the sort of southwest bit. It's like that little bit that sticks out there into the ocean. And it's historically been known for its tin mines. It's got very strong mining tradition. And Cornish miners have been considered to be some of the best miners in the world. The knocker is a type of fairy that lives in these mines, so it's tied to the strong mining tradition, and described as a little fairy person who's only a few feet tall and is dressed in little miner's clothes. And they're known for being pranksters. They will occasionally steal food and tools from miners and hide them. Why they're called knockers, though, is that, according to legends, that they will knock on the walls just before a cave-in happens. And some consider them to be malevolent, that they're hammering away the foundations to collapse it, but most people consider them to be benevolent, that they're knocking on the walls to warn the miners so they can get out before the tunnel collapses. And of course, this draws from actual phenomenon, because when a mine tunnel's about to collapse, there's all this creaking of the timbers and the shifting of all the rocks and dirt and stuff. And that sounds like this knocking, which warns people, and then they came up with Knockers the Fairy to explain that. Also, because a lot of Cornish miners moved over to the United States back in the day, they actually brought this tradition of Knockers with them when they started up mines in North America. Because, like I said before, Cornish miners were known for being really, really good at mining. So when a lot of those gold claims opened up in the U.S., uh, a lot of mine owners wanted to bring... Cornish miners over to work those for them. And this tradition of knockers actually persisted until really recently. In 1956, an old mine was closed up, and a whole bunch of descendants of Cornish immigrants, mining immigrants, signed this big petition so that they would open the mine back up so that the knockers could leave and go find another mine to live in. Historically, too, people were very fond of the knockers, the people who saw them as benevolent, and they would often throw the last bits of their food into the mine shafts as gifts to the knockers so that they would feed them, keep them around, so the knockers could warn them if shit was about to go down. So they're very nice, friendly little spirits, even though they're a bit creepy living down in mine shafts, they're pretty cool. And also there's an important lesson there, leave food scraps lying around everywhere you go, and it could be helpful for you, you never know. But now we're going to move on to our story. Like I said before, this is a Russian story. This one is called The Two Rivers. For a long time, the Volga River and the Vazuza River disputed as to which of them was the cleverest, stronger, and deserving of the greatest honors. 
They argued and argued, and neither would give in to the other. Finally, they decided to settle the matter in this way. Let us lie down to sleep, they said. Whichever of us wakes up and reaches the Kavalinsky Sea first will be considered the cleverer, stronger, and deserving of the greater honors. The Volga lay down to sleep, and so did the Vizuza. In the middle of the night, the Vizuza rose quietly, ran away from the Volga, chose a short, straight road to the sea, and started flowing. The Volga, upon awakening, flowed neither too slowly nor too fast, but just as a river should flow. At Substov, she overtook the Vizuza with such force that the Vizuza was frightened by her younger sister, and begged her, the Volga, to take her, the Vizuza, in her arms and carry her to the sea. Nevertheless, it is still the Vizuza that wakes first in the spring, and rouses the Volga from her long winter sleep. The End So this is a pretty short story, but I really love this one because it's another one of those explanation stories for why things work the way they do, but it's about this really small detail about how these two rivers work in Russia, about why one unfreezes first and then gets the other one going in springtime. So I think it's really cool how this story exists just to explain this little geographical detail. Speaking of geography, you should probably get some context. So the Volga River is a pretty goddamn major one in Russia. It flows into the Caspian Sea, which, um, the name of the story, the Kalinskavlovinsky Sea, whatever that horrendous pronunciation is supposed to be, that's an older name for the Caspian Sea, so it's the same thing. Then the Vazuza River is a tributary of the Volga, and we can see that in the story, that the Vazuza starts flowing, but then it flows into the Volga, and the Volga carries it the rest of the way. And apparently, the Volga unfreezes way later than its tributary does. I don't know why that would happen. Maybe the Volga starts further north, I think it does, than the Vazuza, so maybe the ice sort of freezes up there, then flows down and does something. I don't know. I don't know how rivers work. I know a little bit more about the Russian rivers after this story, though. So that's pretty cool how it teaches geography, kind of, because it does teach you this interesting little tidbit about the rivers there. But really, there's not too much to unpack from this story. It's just explaining geography. So I'm going to wrap up the episode here. This is a very short one, but like I said, I'm also very busy. Uh, next week, though, we'll be... not next week, next episode, in two weeks... We'll be going back to the normal format, so it'll be longer and more detailed and have longer stories we can go more into. Um, I hope you have enjoyed this one, short as it is. Just a little snack size episode. And if you have, please share it around. Leave a review or something like that. And yeah, that is all. I've been Kyle. This has been the show, the episode. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.